this is Tolly Wilkins of Captivate Church, and we're so glad you've joined us on our podcast today. This is one way that we can take our message from Baltimore all across the world. We pray that today encourages you, inspires you to become the man or woman that God's designed you to be. So we are in uh, our second week of a sermon series called The Trade. And the trade is that we're trading away our shame, our fear, and our guilt. You see, a lot of us, we walk through life and we carry one of those three primary emotions, these primary negative emotions. A lot of us, we grew up in homes that, uh, that brought about or environments or communities or different people or maybe trauma that happened to us when we were young that brought about a response in us to shame or a response in us to fear, a response in us to guilt. And what happens is we end up growing up and becoming adults that are still wrestling with these negative emotions that aren't things that God designed for us. It's not a part of God's original divine plan for us. And so what we're doing is realizing, saying, you know what, Lord, I probably walk around with some or all of these types of things, and and, and I want to discover what is in me that you have not called there. It's not something that you brought about, but maybe I live that out, or maybe decisions that I make and thoughts that I have are centered on these primary negative emotions that really aren't things you've invested in me, but this world is invested in me, and negativity is invested in me, trauma has invested in me, whatever it might be. But Lord, you don't call me to live that way, so help me to see it and help me to root it out so that I can live the life that you designed for me to live. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, that primary emotion of fear. Um, When we think about fear, the reality is we can't run away from it because it seems that everywhere we look, the, the media, the world around us, even gossip people, at, at people that like to gossip at work, we're, we're constantly up against a barrage of people telling us to be afraid. When, when you uh, turn on the, the news, a lot of you have probably quit watching the news because it seems like every time you turn on a channel, no matter which side of the political aisle you find yourself, someone is telling you, be afraid of the other side. Be afraid of engaging and having dialogue. Be afraid of being a friend to someone who doesn't share your perspective. And as a result, what we have is we have a political society right now where, where people are basically just calling out the other person. And in public, they're, they're playing this game where in public they say, hey, be afraid of that person. They're evil. They're terrible. They're, they they want to take away everything. Yeah, and, and you should be scared of them. But then if you understand the underbelly of politics... They go out and have drinks together at the end of the day. Most of the time, the politicians, the best friends that they have are people on the other side of the aisle that completely just got up that morning and, and shouted at them on, on television. And what's happening, it's sad, is that they genuinely don't believe we have to be as afraid as we do but for the sake of politics and the sake of votes and the sake of keeping a base together, uh, our politicians are not leading us towards the things that they tell us that they want to be about. And it's easy to find villains on the other side of every issue if that's what you're looking for. So we have a society that's generated that way. Even in sport now, sport is, is to the place to where we have to vilify everybody else instead of simply having great camaraderie. I want to encourage you to go to a childhood game. Uh, go, go to a game where it's 9-year-olds and 10-year-olds and ten, uh, 12-year-olds uh, playing ball or, or playing out in the field, and you just go and observe uh, us in our natural state just simply playing a game. 
and you realize, wow, they're not arguing over political differences. They're not fighting with each other, except maybe if a ball went out or not. But they're, they don't hate each other. They play a game and they go, uh, they go home. One of the things that you were brought up as a young person is somebody could upset you one moment, but then you'd have an ice cream with them 10 minutes later. But our society is teaching us and conditioning us that we should really enhance this, this emotion called fear. And so I wonder how many of us are walking around afraid. The media sells fear. Movies sell fear. Go throughout. We meet at a theater here in the Towson location and Go throughout this, this building today and look at the posters and just see how much of them. They're, they're selling some primary emotions and fear is a money maker. A lot of people that you meet in life, they're paralyzed by fear. You say, well, why don't you, why don't you get a new job? Well, I don't know if I have what it takes. Why don't you go back to school? Oh, I don't, I don't really think that's for me. Well, well why don't you, uh, you know, do something different in terms of where you live or in terms of uh, things that are going on in your life? Well... And all of our fears jump out as the primary headline for why we shouldn't move. And so there are a lot of people that are kind of stuck in a rut and stuck right where they are because they're really, at the end of the day, afraid. And you can find uh, reasons and excuses all day long to not go do the next thing. But the reality is, is that you're drawing a circle around yourself and you're saying, Lord, I'm afraid. Now, here's the thing. There's a difference between being content and being afraid. If you're content and you're happy and you're good and you don't really care to do some other things, this is the world you love and you want to keep your overhead low and you want to keep things simple and you enjoy the life you have, great. God bless you. Celebrate that. That's an awesome place to be that most of the world isn't. But if you find that I'm in the place that I am because I'm afraid to take a next step, because I'm afraid to follow my passion for that, that business or that dream or that career, because I'm afraid to go and get a bad grade, because I'm afraid to share my emotions with other people because maybe they'll judge me, because I'm afraid to have that tough conversation because I don't know how it'll end up, and so it's better to just keep it all inside and not talk to anyone. Fear. It's not a gift of God. In fact, the Scripture tells us we serve a God in 2 Timothy 1.7. We serve a God, the Apostle Paul said, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. God has not given us, you, me, the person to your left or right, God has not given you a spirit filled with fear. So if you find yourself that your spirit is filled with fear in different areas of your life, one thing I can tell you today is that is not God's gift to you. You, you do not have to live in that and just say, well, Lord, this is how I am. No, no, no. You need this. Lord, Lord, this is how I am today. This is how I am in this moment. This is how I am when I think about that thing. But that's not how I am and who you designed me to be. That's how not you, how you've created me. You haven't designed creatures to walk this earth and constantly look over your shoulder and be afraid. No, no, no. You gave us a spirit of power of love what is that power you say it's not even in my notes today but the power is the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead so if you believe in that power if that Holy Spirit power lives and walks and has its being in you and taking up residency in your life it is the power of God that you have access to that allows you to take a step forward when seems fearful, that allows you to trust in Him so long as you know that you're following the Lord's path. I'm not talking about being foolish and running across 695, you know, just, just 
like a madman. I mean, don't do that, right? That ain't the kind of power. Like, you're going to walk out there and be like, I saw a movie once. Stop. <laughs> like, nah, sorry, we'll be scraping you up. But, but don't do that. But what I'm talking about is there's things in life where you should not be afraid as you are. Because that's not a spirit that God has given you. God has given you a spirit of power. The spiritual power to say, God, I trust you. And if this is something you have called me to do, I will take the next step. You know what's the, one of the most difficult things for us men to do? And that's why we do man up. One of the most difficult things it is for men to do is to lead our home spiritually. We're afraid. We're afraid. They know all of our weaknesses, our, our wives, our children. They, they know all of our weaknesses. They, they know that, that, that we messed up the other day. They know that we got angry too quick. They know that, we, that we've failed in other ways. And so therefore, I don't, who am I to, to try to lead out? It's just fear. It's just fear. We've got to ask, are we living our lives in any way because of fear? But no, we haven't been given a spirit of fear. We've been given a spirit of power, of love. You know what a lot of us are afraid to do these days? We're afraid to love. You say, well, that's weird. Who's afraid? Yeah, we're afraid to love. We're, we're afraid to, to say it. Some of you are still battling mommy and daddy issues where when someone says, hey, you have a good relationship with your parents, and they, well, he never told me. Dad never said he loved me, but I know it. They, they, didn't, they didn't mean to, to not be there, but, but I know that they love me. And as a result, you're not sure how to express it. You're afraid. Will the words make sense? Will I trip something up? Will I, will I say something out of place? What will they think of me? How weird will I come across if I actually care about another human being? And so what, what it is, we're afraid of love. But that love, that spirit of love is what God put there. And self-control. Self-control. We usually think of self-control in terms of don't do something bad. But self-control is also be, be in control of self to do some things good. Be in control of self to go out and to be the man or woman that God designed you to be. But a lot of us, we live in fear. We cower. We hide. We cover up. And, and sometimes fear, guess what? Sometimes it's fear that makes you bow up and be as loud and aggressive as you are. Sometimes fear is being masked by your aggression. And so whether you are a highly aggressive person or whether you're a recluse that runs away and hides, whatever it might be, many times if you look into the resets of your soul, the recesses of your soul, what you will find is there is primary emotion of fear. I'm afraid. I'm afraid to have the conversation. I'm afraid to get that next, that next credit. I'm afraid to go for that promotion. I'm afraid to put myself out there. I'm afraid to walk across the room. I'm afraid to say hello. I'm afraid to pray for you out loud. I'm afraid to, to, to go and, and to meet with that person. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. But that's not the Spirit of God. And so how much of your life, if the Scripture is true and, and Jesus wants to give you a John 10.10 life, which is an abundant life, Jesus said, that more than you can ask, hope, think, or imagine, if that's what God has for us, how much are we missing out simply because we're afraid? And we, we justify our fears by saying, well, it's totally logical. It's to I mean, come on, you can't do that. You shouldn't go there. It's gonna, you might end up with pain. 
but you end up missing out on the blessing and the goodness of God that He has for you because you are afraid. And then other people seem to move on and other people seem to, to have a, a better existence or more joy or more confidence with the Lord. You want to know something, how you can grow in your faith? You can grow in your faith when you do things that you're afraid to do. You don't grow in your faith when you live a completely bubble-wrapped existence. You guys ever see those games where they, they have those giant balloons and you play soccer in them and you just run around? I'm a little older now. I'm I worried I'd throw out my back, but, but you, you see them, they just run and they bounce into each other and they're trying to kick a soccer ball and look ridiculous. It's got to be a lot of fun. But that's exactly how a lot of us are walking around in our life. We're walking around with this giant bubble. And, and, and what we're doing is we're not engaging in places because we have this bubble called fear that, that holds us back from doing things that we know that God has called us to do. Fear. If you're jotting notes, you should just ask yourself this question. What am I doing out of fear? Matthew 10, 27 has a little lesson today for us in terms of fear. Here's the passage. I'm going to ask you guys if y'all would just stand with me. Unless your uh, seat's reclined already, I'll give you permission. But let's just, for the practice of getting in the habit of acknowledging the reading of God's Word. Matthew 10, 27 says this, What I tell you in the dark, say in the light. This is Jesus. Say it in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who could destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father? But even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not. Therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. I like that he said many because that. We are better than a bird. Like, okay, but more than that. Many sparrows. Okay, that feels better. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I'll also deny before my Father who's in heaven. Fear. Jesus, help us today to learn to not live in fear. Help us to open our mouths and proclaim your glorious gospel to everyone who has ears to hear. People need the opportunity to say no to you, but they only get that if we will say yes to you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. You guys can be seated. The scripture begins, he says, What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. The, the roofs of this day were, were similar to downtown Baltimore-style roofs where the roofs were, were flat and the roofs had the ability for, for people to stand on them and to walk on them. It became an extra room in your house if you were fortunate enough to have this kind of roof. And so it wasn't uh, very strange for him to say proclaim from the rooftops, meaning get up there and let the whole town know, let the whole community know what's going on. I mean, you get up there and celebrate whenever there's a birthday. You get up there and celebrate when somebody's getting married. You announce to the whole community those things that are important to you. And we still do this, don't we? You drive by somebody's house and, 
and it'll be, hey, just got married, or you'll see about 50 flamingos, or hey, new baby born. And we announce these things that matter to us, these milestone moments. And Jesus is looking at people saying, hey, you know the challenges? The challenge is you guys are really awesome Christians whenever you're quiet. But I don't want you to live that way. I want you to live more bold. I want you to live more open and, and, and be able to put your thoughts out there. Share me with other people. So he said, hey, in the stuff that is told to you in the dark, say it in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. Speak faith and life. Here's the lesson for you. Speak faith and life when you feel the weight of fear and death. Speak faith, speak life when you feel inside the weight of fear and death. You say, Pastor, when I'm feeling afraid, that's the only thing that's on my mind. In fact, I just my mind just wanders and I begin to think about more things to be afraid of and more problems. You ever been there? I, I was there this week. I, I'd been trying to get basketball time for uh, our, our kids' team, basketball team, and it's something small, but the team hadn't been together in eight or ten weeks, and I'm starting to think. I told Christy, I was like, babe, I think all of our best players went to other teams. I haven't got an email from anybody. I was like, why did I sign us up for another league? I was like, Caleb, do you want to take up violin? Like, do you want to do something else? But, but I, because in my brain, that initial like, oh, the world didn't respond the way that I wanted it to respond. I didn't get positive emails. I didn't get, hey, I'll be there, coach. And so then in my brain, I had all the teams playing for the Har all my kids playing for the Harlem Globetrotters. Like in my brain, I'm just like, yep, all the best players are gone. But here's the deal. The truth is they get recruited almost every tournament we play in uh, by other teams. And I'm like, yeah, really? But it's like they got here because I'm awesome. No, I'm just kidding. So a little bit. But here's the thing. For each one of us, we've got to realize that we will speak negativity over ourselves. Do you realize that you're like the most critical voice in your life? How many of you would say, yeah, that's probably me. Like, I'm, I'm probably, probably most critical. And some of you are like, no, she's sitting right, he's sitting, no. But here's the thing. So we are, like, we start to go down a downward spiral about how bad things could go. And then we, we just, like, build ourselves into a panic attack. And you, here's what you have to do. You have to do what Jesus told you to do, which is speak life. What you hear in the secret is that you have a spirit of power and of love and of self-control. When you start speaking negativity over yourself and then going down that rabbit trail of here's how bad things could go and then that could go wrong and that could go wrong and then that could go wrong. And when, by the time you get there, this is how you end up. I told you a couple weeks ago, you end up with cancer off of WebMD. Because you go to WebMD.com and you end up like dying and you're just like, hold on, I'm not dead yet. This is a miracle. No, it's not. You just had a rash like you're okay. But, but the issue is we go down these rabbit holes because we just speak negativity over and over and over about what could happen. And Jesus says, hey, no, 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 you, you need to remember the words that I told you. I told you that you're my son, you're my daughter. I told you I will never leave you or forsake you. I told you God's word does not come back void. I told you all of these things. I told you that you're worth more than you could imagine. I told you that you are my masterpiece. I told you that I have plans for you to prosper, not to harm. I told you these things. These things are true. So repeat back in the, 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 to the bold light the things that I told you in whispers in the dark. You have to trade 
negative speech for the speech that gives life. You have to say it out loud. If you want to be a helpful believer, you have to understand that, that death and life, Proverbs 18.21 says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat of its fruits. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You ever start out having a, a, an average day, like nothing was terrible, and then somebody wants to come into your world and be like, panic! This is wrong! And you're just like, whoa, 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 what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And then you realize, like, wow, it really wasn't that big of a deal. But that little jar, that little emotion, because people are bringing in their, their, their stress onto you, all of a sudden you're just like, man, my energy level was here, but now it's, it's kind of here. And then if you speak death and you speak negativity and you get around people that are negative, and what, but before long, your own outlook starts to change. And, and the Scripture says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. You have the ability to speak those. So I want to encourage you that the truths over people's lives, the truths of God for other people, speak them. When you see somebody doing something good, speak it out loud. When you're impressed by someone, speak it. When, when you're feeling like just gratitude for somebody in your life who helped you three years ago or five years ago, or your husband or wife or girlfriend or boyfriend or a professor, when that Feeling comes over you. Take it as an assignment from God because death and life are in the power of the tongue and you never know what could happen with your positive affirmation of that person. Thank you for being there for me three years ago. And you're like, Pastor, that's weird. It was three years ago. Yeah, but if it's coming to you now, it may be the Lord trying to give life to that person. And the Lord might want to use you as the vessel to give life to another person. And the same is true in the opposite. You've got to measure your words and ask yourself, is what I'm about to say worth bringing death into existence? Is it worth me speaking negativity into the world? Or do, is, it, is it a real issue? If it's a real issue, great. Deal with the real issue. But, but a lot of us, we're so conditioned by the world to be panicked and afraid and worried and scared. And, and, and we're speaking death everywhere we go instead of speaking life. There's even a way to speak the negative things or the fear things, you can even speak that in a, in a way that's not bombarding and overwhelming others. You can go to the person and help them come on guard first and just say, hey, I'm having a rough day today. Can I talk to you about something? You see there, it's, it's not the same as just like, oh my goodness. Ah! What it is is like, hey, I need a listening ear. That allows the other person in your life to be able to say, okay, gear up. They need life out of me. So then when they receive it, they're not overwhelmed by it. They're not taking on your, your, your water. They're ready to, to handle what's in front of them. But a lot of us, what we do is that we get overwhelmed and then we start to bail water on other people without giving them any heads up and then they start to get overwhelmed. And we don't need to create a bunch of panic parties. What we have to do is we have to have some more praise parties. We have to have some more people around us to say, hey, I know today's bad, but you remember last Thursday? That was an awesome day for you. Do you remember the last time that you did that? That was great. I know right now your boss is a jerk, but hey, you, you got a promotion. Like, they don't hate you. <laughs> and you're like, well, I need to switch jobs. I told you. That was earlier in the sermon. Like, Maybe you do. 
Matthew 10, 28, and do not fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body. Now, this is not really a positive sentence, right? But the point is, is that he's trying to convey to us is that, you know what? You're afraid of talking about me to other people. You're afraid of sharing the good news of the gospel. You're afraid of speaking life and telling people that you trust in Jesus because you're like, man, what will they think of me? Look at what the world thinks of Christians. Look at all those Christians that have done it wrong. I can't speak anything. I don't want to be associated with that group. I'm afraid of, 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 of being one of those people. And so as a result, I just won't do anything. And Jesus is like, wow, that, that's, that's pretty amazing. I mean, how great would that be if, if a husband was just never going to claim his wife? Like, yeah, we'll be married, but I don't really want anybody to know. We'll be married, but I don't want to. We can't go in the house at the same time. In fact, we should probably get different addresses just so people don't suspect that we're together. Oh, but I love you. But I, I totally love you. Totally love you. We're just going to live in different places. I don't really want to talk to you about too much. And when we meet, we'll meet in passing. I'm going to look down at the, the ground. We'll meet at the middle of the mall. You sit on one bench behind me. I'll sit this way. That's okay, but we'll have this moment. It can only last for an hour where not a lot of people are around. And there might be a couple of other couples maybe that can notice that we're married, but really that's kind of all. When we leave that space, when we leave that gathering, and when we go out and we kind of interact, I want us to interact with each other separately. If that's okay, but I really love you. And Jesus is just like, really? Like, I'm saving you from yourself. I'm saving you from sin. I'm, I'm giving you new life in the Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm building a hope and a future into your soul. And the best you have for me is to get by as a secret agent Christian, an undercover Christian. Like, that's really what you want. Because why? You're afraid of their opinions? And so he's like, no, if, you're, if we're in the fear game, if, if that's where you are and you've got to make a choice between fear, probably pick the one that has control over your eternal damnation. And so you and I, we have to trade our unhealthy fears of people for a healthy fear of God. When you fear people, you'll abandon God. When you fear God, you will love people. I'll say it again. When you fear people, you'll abandon God. But if you fear God, you're going to love people. Because that's what He does. And so if you have to choose a fear, take a healthy fear of God. And you say, well, that's really weird. Like, I mean, God of the New Testament, is He a God that... That it's fear-based, like that seems so Old Testament. Number one, same God, both. It's justice and love. But number two, the fear that we're talking about is the healthy fear. I don't know about you, I have a healthy fear of electricity. Just go ahead and say it. You can call me a wimp. You can call me names. You can make fun of me. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, I'll take that on. Like, I'll take your abuse if, if you think it's weird for me to have a healthy fear of electricity. But I tell you what, I love the fact that there's lights and I love the fact that, that uh, there's, there's sockets. I love the fact that there's, there are plugs and all around me there's electricity, right? But I have a healthy fear. I ain't going to mess with electric. Like, I'm not going to go and just stick my finger in a socket where my finger doesn't belong. I'm going to respect the fact 
that there is power that is flowing all through this building. And if I abuse that power, then I'm the one that will get hurt. And it's not the power's fault that I crossed over into a world I didn't belong in. Do you get me? So when we talk about a fear of God, there is power all in this place. There is power all in your life. There is power everywhere you go. And it is not a bad thing to have a healthy fear to say, God, you are all powerful. You're almighty. You are all holy. You are all pure. You are all righteous. And all you ask of me is to acknowledge who you are and live as one who is subject to your authority. I think I can do that. That is a healthy fear to just say, God, if there is, if you were, if you're, because you were there, not if you're there, because you were there and because you were strong and because you were able, because you literally spoke this world into existence as I see it, because all of my senses are in, are, are so futile compared to the senses you have and the domain that you have. And because all of the greatest telescopes that we have right now, we, we don't even know, Lord, like we, we don't even know what's going on in the furthest reaches of the galaxy because we, in our all of our human history just have so little understanding of what's around us and so on so much under, misunderstanding about what's going on inside of us and our own bodies lord we trust we trust that we can have a healthy fear of you and your ways are good and your ways are not our ways but we trust that you love us we trust that that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. And the definition of good is God's. And I'm okay with that. The same way that I have a healthy fear of not crossing electricity, I can have a healthy fear of not crossing God. But that's completely different. We, we spend all of our time wondering, man, is that okay that I'm afraid of God in some way? But we don't spend any time at all saying, yeah, the truth is I'm afraid of letting people know I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm afraid of, of pronouncing my faith. I'm afraid of having a conversation at work. I, I'm afraid of praying out loud. I had a friend once early in her conversion. She couldn't believe that I would read my Bible out in public. Like, I don't mean like just kind of like questioning, like, is that, you know, whatever. It was just like, how dare you? There are people walking by and they don't believe what you believe and you're going to make them think about something they don't want to think about. And I just let her talk and I was like, really? Awesome. So I should deny my God because somebody else might walk by. So no, if I have to choose, if I'm forced to choose, if you're going to make me choose, then I'm going to fear God, not man. I'm going to fear not being a, a godly husband. I'm going to fear not being a godly dad over trying to improve dudes who want me to do some stupid stuff. I'm going to choose my family over going to the, wherever, the party, the bar, whatever it might be that takes away from robs them, if it robs them. And so I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to choose being a godly man. So if you're forcing me to have some kind of concern, I'm going to be concerned with honoring the Lord. And then he goes on, he says, are not two sparrows 
sold for a penny. Meaning, you look how cheap the sparrow's life is. And yet not one of them, this might be a great place to underline in your Bible, and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your Father. But even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. So right after he said, you know what? You should probably, if you're going to choose fear, choose to fear God. But then right away, the Scripture comes back and says, Jesus says, you know, but you really don't have any fear in God because He loves you so much. If He pays attention to birds that get exchanged, two birds for a penny, and if, he, if He's such an intricate God that He's aware of that bird's plight, don't you think that He is aware of you? You shouldn't fear at all. But if you do fear, fear God. Don't fear man. But guess what? If you fear God, it's not a bad thing because God's looking out for you. God looks out for the birds that are two for one, and yet He looks at you. You're worth a ton more than the birds. So fearing God is no fear at all for you because you're of more value than these sparrows. So everyone who acknowledged me before men, I'll acknowledge before my Father. Everyone who denies me, I'll deny before my Father. Trade your value in the eyes of people for your value in the eyes of God. Trade your value from the eyes of people for your value in the eyes of God. Many of us are trying to upgrade our our stock return on our existence in the eyes of other people. We're trying to judge our value based on who likes me, who's following me on social media, who's giving me compliments, who's patting me on the head, who's giving me a promotion, what job do I have, what house, what car, what clothes am I wearing. We try to build our existence off of what do they think of me. And that is always a losing proposition. Because one, it'll change, and two, it really doesn't matter. Who are they to judge you anyway? But the Lord God stands and He says, look, Dolly, I love you. I love you. And I'm so aware of you. If a bird goes down and I'm aware of a bird, I mean, think about how many birds there are. I joke with my wife every time my dog does something I don't like. I I tell her, I'm like, babe, I don't know why we're bringing animals into our home. There are billions of animals running around in the woods right now, and we didn't adopt them to figure out how to pay thousands of dollars for medical care and food and everything else. Why are we doing this for this animal? But God looks and says, you know what? Those birds that are sold two for a penny, I'm aware of them. I'm aware of what's going on. And guess what? If you don't think you're more valuable than all of those birds, and you, have, you don't know me yet. You don't know my heart yet. I'm your daddy. I love you. And if you go through any difficult thing, the thing you can hold on to in the middle of that difficulty is that I am with you. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus came close. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. So all the fears that you wrestle with, all the doubt, all the 
pain you go through, all the will it happen, will it work out, will it not? What do they think of me? The Scripture's clear. Jesus says, you know what? You shouldn't fear humans. You shouldn't have a spirit of fear in you. I didn't give that to you. If you have to choose to be afraid of something, fear God. But even in your fearing of God, understand that's not a big fear because He loves you relentlessly. And so as a result, if the only fear that I need to have in this world is to fear God, and if every pain that I go through, my God will be there with me, go before me, and work it all out somehow for my good, even the, the most grotesque stuff, then I really can wake up in freedom. And I really can step forward in faith. And I really can face the problems in front of me. And I really can go out and be the man or the woman that God designed me to be fearlessly. 